How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the MMA Frequency, the podcast guaranteed to never come out on time. God bless. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I had a little bit of a... Uh, just a little holdup preventing me from recording last week. So I'm uh, talking about everything I would have talked about last week, plus the fights uh, from this last Saturday. I'm going to release a little smaller, uh, short preview pod for the pay-per-view this weekend. I can talk about it a little bit during the show. But we're back, and let's jump right into it with the funniest possible thing that could have happened. I talked about how, on the last episode, Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak kind of seemed like a total uh, feeding fight to me. Spivak's record was very suspect, and unless Derek Lewis is completely washed up, I feel like he could probably chin a guy like that if he just ran in swinging. Uh, nope, because the fight got canceled about <laughs> a couple hours into the pay-per-view. Well, for one, apparently some, some, some guy on Twitter just leaked from within the facility that this was already well-known in the apex that Lewis was pulled out of the fight. Apparently it was a non-COVID something or other there's been no reporting after the fact on what exactly happened to him. Uh, but Derek Lewis had to go to the hospital before the show. He apparently tried to get back to the hospital to fight, get back from the hospital fight. Uh, and the doctors were like, no, you have to stay here. He couldn't get cleared on time. Uh, I think that was obviously never going to happen. So they had to cancel the main event. That poor UFC graphics team had to cook up uh, mid- mid-show graphics for Kennedy... Nishukwu versus Ion Kudalaba, UFC Fight Night. Oh, brother. What a disaster already. Let's get into it. Uh, I'm only going to couple cover a couple of the fights here. Ones that just kind of stuck out to me. I really like uh, Brady Heaston's fight versus uh, Fernie Garcia. Put on a great performance, seeing as that he got absolutely chinned in the first 90 seconds. He just walked onto a right hook and got dropped. I really thought that he was done. And he just held on to the single leg for dear life. Dear, dear life for the whole first round. And uh, he's a really good wrestler. So he actually stuck through with it. Kept getting Fernie Garcia on his back uh, for extended periods of time. And then by by the second round, he even was kind of hanging in there with the striking. Once his brain wasn't rattling around in his skull as hard as it was in the first round. Uh, the head kick was like he just kept getting it all night long because... Eventually, Fernie Garcia was like, stop, stop, stop. So he kept dropping his right hand, and he kept loading up because he wanted to try and go for that big right hand, but you just can't force those kind of things. So he kept pawing at him, kicking him in the head, and taking him down. And it was pretty exciting. The third round, not really. He spent most of it hanging on to Garcia's back, but he pretty much completely shut him down, got the body lock, and just, boop, poked him up for three minutes. Fun, fun fight. Uh, The Ricky Tercios fight was interesting. It's entirely possible he lost. I'd have to go back and watch the tape, but the kid is like Wolverine. It was was all very much, it was kind of activity versus damage. Because once again, there's never a second of the fight where that guy is not moving or doing something. He's really, he kept getting chinned in the first round. uh, But once again, completing the takedowns. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was a good fight. Uh, that's one of the ones that you should run back. I have a feeling that as soon as Ricky Tercios runs into anybody with any kind of like composure under striking pressure and a good takedown defense, he's just going to get absolutely smoked. Because like, 
he didn't. It wasn't a convincing win here. It was definitely a close split decision. I think he won, but it was constant action on the feet and on the ground across all three rounds. So that was pretty fun. Another fight that was pretty constant action, uh, and another fight that might kind of be a robbery was Charles Johnson versus Alexis Magalov. It's also the most Bellator fight I've seen in a minute. Uh, they in the first round there were like three fouls, mutual eye pokes, and low blows. It was very fun, very competitive, but I yeah, Zumagalov definitely definitely won that one. I can say that for sure. And then after the fight night, he retired straight up retired. I was like, oh, I don't know if that was something he was planning to do. I hope he didn't retire because of that decision because that would suck. Uh, that was a decent fight. If you're gonna pick one of these prelim fights. Probably uh, watch the Ricky Tercios one because it's interesting. And then the main card, uh, Jack Della Maddalena is the only welterweight prospect in the UFC right now. He is absolutely the man. Uh, he has this beautiful just ironclad jab. Then he was jabbing Danny Roberts up all night long. Danny Roberts got him into a really sticky situation at one point. He had him in a darts choke. Uh, but his grappling is also really, really good. Uh, he keeps, like, his guard is really, really good, like, Roberts was throwing a lot, but like most of like the big strikes kind of just didn't really affect Della Maddalena or bounced off his guard. So, ugh, kid's so good. He's so good. Uh, I think he's gonna do a lot. They're gonna book him for uh, the card in Australia in February. So hopefully he gets uh, a big opponent. They, I don't know. He's no Patty Pimblet, so. We're going to have to fight a couple more guys before he gets a ranking, but really, really interesting fighter. Uh, poor Andre Fialio. Muslim Salikov knocked him up just uh, across all three rounds. Just uh, It's really sad. You shouldn't fight five times in a year because he was getting bobbleheaded by punches that in his first fight against Michelle Pereira this year weren't hurting him. So uh, Salikov had a good fight and Good for him to uh, get back in the win column because I was there when uh, Li Jingliang came back against him and just uh, crushed him. Great fight. But, uh, yeah, one of those things. Got to make your money, I guess. Got to fight five times in a year. Uh, that's <laughs> I've. This is really a through line running through both of these uh, cards, uh, this one and the one from last Saturday in the UFC. Uh, these guys need money. They need money real bad. And uh, if you got to fight five times in one year and turn your chin into jello to do it, it guess you got to go out there and do it. Waldo Cortez Acosta just bobbleheaded Chase Sherman for three straight rounds. Uh, my my own my literally my only notes here are just Chase Sherman human punching bag, which is I think he like outstruck him by like eighty to like sixteen in the second round. I guess good on Chase Sherman, bad on Chase Sherman's corner uh but yeah the first round was mildly competitive and then he just unloaded on him for the next two rounds so i'm still once again not convinced he's had one impressive contender series finish and then beat some the bummiest of the heavyweight bums that ever existed in that division so uh him knowing what to do in the clinch one time does not really have me sold on waldo cortez acosta which, once again, this is the co-main event of this fight card. Can you believe it? Terrible. Uh, the main event, also not great. Ian Kudalaba, he did decent work on the ground in the first round. He 
didn't really do much. He he got some good uh, strikes in there towards the end of the first round. I like I I could give a play by play, but it's just funnier to tell you that as soon as the second round started, she immediately got uh, knocked around by a meme uh, counter knee. Well, no, the counter knee. No, my, my bad, my bad. He got caught with a counter knee on a, on the takedown attempt, like forty five seconds in the second round, and then he got hit by two meme standing knees. Just 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 Cheku just just going just like leaping across the octagon for these dumb standing knees, and Kudalava let him connect both other times after that so he's just getting completely and utterly and also Keith Peterson out for blood because he let he let Kudalava get trapped like two times after the fight was definitely over before he stopped it but yeah oh <laughs> Uyong Kudalava that might be a guy on the way out I don't know it was a good counter but man rough rough fight Rough fight card, except for a couple of prelims and Jack Della. Rough, rough, rough. However, uh, that weekend there was a one card. I watched the two headliners from that fight. Uh, Rod Tang is is a is a god amongst men. He's an absolute king. He fought this guy uh, Joseph Lasiri, uh, and and <laughs> Rod Tang is an absolute fucking menace. He's a menace. Everybody's like, oh. Oh, this like oh, stand there and just take punches stuff. It's got to stop working eventually. His chin's got to give up eventually. <laughs> well, it hasn't yet. <laughs> uh, and it was four. He's got currently got the the, the like Muay Thai belt. Uh, in in uh, one, and he's just taking on. All comers. I think he's on like a yeah. This this is his fourth defense of their flyweight belt, and he's had it for like three years. Oh, he's so good. So basically, it was just just cracking the guy with the lead lead kick, making his leg yeah turn red, turn purple. Uh, just and lots of consistent body work. He never forgets to hit the body, and he was just always walking forward. Uh, once again, one of those cases where like. Yeah, Lasiri's, I think he's a good fighter. He, like, hung around with Rod Tang, but eventually, like, over five rounds, like, the third, fourth, and fifth were really, really bad. They were rough. Oh, my God. He's a really, really good fighter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just don't put him in there with a guy who can do takedowns. What are you What are you doing? No, no more Mr. Rules fights. Just let him do this forever, please. Uh, and then the main event with that one was uh, Cameron Abbasov versus Christian Lee. I think we actually might have covered a Christian Lee one fight on this show when he uh, won that he won the uh, lightweight belt back. Which uh, one division they're different. Their lightweight is one seventy, and he was going up to welterweight, which is their one eighty five. Which is honestly kind of crazy because uh, Christian Lee started fighting at one fifty five, and he was a little smaller than Abasov, but not that much smaller. Uh, but he had a, he had a great great comeback win in this fight. Uh, Abasov like. Almost like flattered, uh, Christian flattened. <laughs> he did not flatter him. He flattened him in the first round. Uh, it was Herb Dean was refereeing, and it was kind of crazy because like a lot of other referees, I feel like would have stopped that fight. Uh, Christian Lee got dropped like a couple of times in that sequence, but then he also gave up a takedown. Abasov gave up a takedown. So. After coming like a half second away from finishing, 
Christian Lee. He he just kind of lets lets the round ride out, uh, and Christian Lee got back there in the second round once again. It's just one of those things. Sometimes accumulated damage over rounds will completely destroy you, and other times you can come back in from getting your brain rattled around in your skull and like. You know, you sometimes you see guys coming in after the break between rounds, and they still don't look... They look bad. Christian Lee, uh, he managed to use his wrestling. The, he kept going to the body lock trip. He got him, like, four times in the first three rounds. It was just a very simple uh, body lock trip. Uh, and he got to just chip away at Evsoff's cardio, sit on him, do ground strikes, and just keep winning rounds. And Evsoff just... Yeah, he just gassed out, which I don't think he threw himself out in that first uh like sequence when he was trying to put finish Christian Lee but by the fourth round he was absolutely he was fighting underwater really really bad uh but rounds two and three are really really fun just when they're on the feet they're just clipping each other over and over again uh good stuff and then in the fourth round Christian Lee just hit him with like six standing elbows in a row and managed to flop him down on the ground in a way that was decisive enough for Herb Dean to finally be like, okay, stop. And they stopped the fight. Oh, there was a Bellator card this that weekend that I'm just skipping past because they were both incredibly long, uh, drawn-out, dominant decisions. Congrats to Usman Nur, God, Mo, Khabib's cousin, and Vadim Nemkov. Congratulations. I'm glad we can discard with the charade of Corey Anderson being a top-ranked lightweight in the world. On to the PFL World Finals. I saw two dominations on this card and one really fun fight. Uh, Rob Wilkinson versus Omari Akhmedov. Omari Akhmedov was a welterweight. This was a light heavyweight finals. I, I understand that he like him going between welterweight and middleweight was common, and he fought at light heavyweight very early in his career. But, like, he didn't... No, he looked so much smaller than Rob Wilkinson. Rob Wilkinson is actually another former UFC guy. You might remember him as one of the guys that Israel Adesanya chinned up on his way to getting the middleweight belt. And then he lost one more fight. He kind of got an unfair shake before he got the boot from the UFC. Like, um, yeah. No no Sam Alvey allowance for Rob Wilkinson, exactly. Uh, but he just looked so much taller. He looked about a head taller than Akhmedov and some amount wider than him. His, his reach was so long. He was hitting Omari Akhmedov with hooks from different time zones. It was really, really brutal. And, like, Akhmedov, I guess, is a wrestler. I once saw him have the most gassed wrestling fight of all time against Chris Weidman. So I guess Undaki is nominally a wrestler. Literally, uh, Wilkinson sprawled out on one of Omari Akhmedov's single legs because he was so much bigger than him, just grabbed him and was like, nope, and just kind of, like, pushed him into his guard. It was brutal. Uh, they, they ended the fight on the stool after the second round, and good on them. The doctor should have because Omari Akhmedov could not touch Wilkinson, and Wilkinson was just brutalizing him for two straight rounds. Olivier Aubin Mercier versus Stevie Ray. He's Don't worry, guys. He's not French. He's just French-Canadian. Uh, this was another fight, definitely less dominant than the Wilkinson fight, but I thought AUM was in no trouble all fight long across the uh, first two rounds. Just stayed on the outside, beat up Stevie Ray's lead leg really, really badly, uh, kept jabbing him up, and because he was on the outside, Stevie Ray, because he was on the outside and slamming this, the lead leg, Stevie Ray, like, never tried to, like, like, he couldn't get inside of his range, so he just didn't. And 
there was uh he got taken down against the cage for a couple minutes there but it didn't it did like he wasn't really in much danger uh and when he got he finally got him up to a standing position he managed to break from the clinch really really easily and then he flattened Stevie Ray with a big hook just absolutely uh yeah flatlined him it was a really really good performance from him he hasn't had like a finish he hadn't had a finish in like I think his entire UFC run uh so good for him get your million dollars king that's why once again our main story tonight why Kevin Holland should go to PFL and and, and just take take over that take that million dollars because I specifically didn't watch their welterweight final because I heard it was a complete snore across five straight rounds and I don't have time for that and then Carrie Harrison fumbled the bag Apparently she had already beat Larissa Pacheco twice, but Pacheco won. She won convincingly uh, across the round. She might have won a round off of her back, to be completely honest. But uh, she chinned up Harrison on the feet. Uh, it was really, really good striking off of her back and like creating separation and shit. Uh, never let Kayla really get comfortable. She managed to take Kayla down a couple of times. Uh... Hurt Kayla a lot on the feet. No, she she uh, was like lots of submissions off her back and stuff. A couple of like really good, good triangle attempts that forced Kayla to switch a position. She won. She won the fight, which is I, Kayla just kind of seemed like a little flustered that her game plan didn't work, especially after the second round, which is the one where she got like hurt really bad on the feet. Uh, I didn't really like. Yeah, she she got back into it in the fourth and fifth rounds. I think the 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 first is clearly for Kayla. I don't I don't even need to really get into the scoring. I don't think. I think Pachigo. It's pretty obvious she won the fight. It was a good fight. Uh, Kayla Harrison should stop screwing around and just come to the UFC now. Uh, she got her money. Uh, her, her PFL contract is over. It wouldn't surprise me if she went to like Bellator and fought Cyborg or something. Just uh, going to avoiding every single company except for the UFC. Which I may mean, just take the channeler out, I guess, Queen. If you wanted, that's a that's one way to come in with a big contract. But uh, part of me also thinks that she's she's waiting for the the living legend Juliana Pena to retire. Get it? She's waiting for Nunez to retire. Uh, and then just a little bit of news. Uh, one one barn burner read story and lead story, and one un just unfortunate. Uh, we are covering UFC two eighty two later in the week. But it will not be... If you're listening to this, you probably already know that it's uh, Yuri versus... Not Yuri versus Glover anymore. Uh, but yeah, Jiri Prohoshka, the little Bushido samurai man, he willingly gave up the belt because he knew the uh, shoulder injury he had was going to take him out for a while. Glover declined, fighting either of the guys of the co-main. So it is now Jan Blakovich versus Magomed and Kalaev for the main event this weekend for the uh, light heavyweight belt. In other actual scheduling news, a couple hours before I recorded, it just came out that uh, I believe it's 285 or 286. It's going to be in the O2. It's confirmed in the O2 for London. So, I mean, take out your pencils and pencil in Usman versus Leon Edwards 3 for that one. That's Bilal Muhammad is not, not going to get a title shot in the O2. That's what that fight's going to be. Now, on to... I am... Okay. This is a crazy one. So I'll go straight from step one. James Krause, former UFC welterweight. He had a pretty decent record. I didn't watch that many of his fights. Apparently he went nine and four in the UFC. 
And then at the, 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 the gym Glory MMA, he became one of the head coaches after he retired. And the gym has a lot of UFC fighters. And a few weeks ago, one of those fighters, Derek Minner, uh, came out to fight pretty obviously with an injured leg. And I think his leg gave out super quickly into the first round. Uh, and the guy fighting him just put him on his back and just beat him up, hit him, and uh, finished him very, very quickly. He was like, and nothing really happened to him. He, was, he came to fight injured. Stuff like that isn't common, but does happen in the UFC. TJ Dillashaw had the secret shoulder injury from UFC 280 a couple months ago. Uh, but there's an actual real problem with this. Because a few hours before the fight, lines on a bunch of major sports books swung heavily towards the guy Derek Minner was fighting. Even more than they already were. Derek Minner was an underdog, but he was went from like minus one whatever to like minus 350 in like a few hours. And I didn't know, nobody knew that he was hurt coming into the fight. We found out in the cage. So wouldn't you know it that in addition to coaching fighters, James Krause runs a YouTube channel and a private Discord dedicated to MMA gambling and gambling picks. And then on the cursed uh, Kudalaba and his Chukwu fight, Miles Johns won, or he he uh, he lost. He lost the, the decision, but uh, he told Michael Bisping in the cage that uh, oh, I'm sorry, I wrote the wrong thing in the script. He did win. I it should not follow the script. I should follow my heart. My bad. Uh, but after Miles Johns won his fight, he told Michael Bisping that he found out right before, like two days before the fight, that his coach had been suspended. And he was like, listen, man, I'm all about overcoming hardship, like stuff like that. And it was just part of his post-fight speech. But everybody was like, huh? Because Miles Johns trains at Glory MMA. And then this last week, both his gambling Discord and his YouTube channel were deleted. And a, for like a couple days, still... His gambling podcasts were up on Fight Pass. UFC streaming through it. They finally took it down quietly. But the way this is shaking out, it sounds like James Krause leaked an injury from within his own camp in order to juice the lines and make a quick buck. And, <laughs> well, that was it. That was a segment I wrote last week when I thought I'd have time to record the podcast. Uh, and I'm so glad I did not. Because since this, New Jersey has ban gambling on fights associated with James Krause. Uh, this 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 uh, promotion, this indie promotion, it's like FAC. They literally dubbed every event. It was like James Krause's FAC, whatever. FAC 17 was this weekend, and he was barred from entering and his fighters from fighting. Uh, the entire province of Ontario and Canada has banned gambling in MMA. Uh, and in a legal note from the UFC to all their fighters, they said that any fighter coached by James Krause like, cannot, he can't, he's banned. He's suspended by them and the Nevada State Athletic Commission pending their investigation, which I I have to admit, I thought this was kind of going to go under the radar, but good. This guy shouldn't be blackballed. He leaked an injury from within his own camp. He's terrible. Man, could you imagine ruining sports gambling for 25% of Canada? Like, Jesus. I don't know population-wise how much Ontario is a mix of Canada, but it's a big province. So good. <laughs> what an idiot, man. He had the Discord for... Oh, rough. 
So silly. I if I talk about this guy for too long, I'll talk about him forever. So Kevin Holland versus Wonder Boy. Once again, I'm only gonna really cover the main card. I wasn't around for much of the prelims. Sorry about that. But uh, I did watch Darren Elkin versus Jonathan Pierce, and Jonathan Pierce did not acquit himself well. Uh, is he he, got, he won the fight by finish. He got Darren Elkins out of there. Or hold on. Oh my god. No, he 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 just he just chinned him up for three rounds. Couldn't finish him. Could not finish Darren Elkins. And he did not acquit himself well when in the second round, he was almost losing in the striking to a literally half-dead Darren Elkins. Aaron Darren Elkins, his, like, was all... Yeah. Oh, man. Darren Elkins is a, just a victim of UFC matchmaking, man. Somebody somebody needs to rescue that man from the UFC. Because he just got his ass whooped for three straight rounds. Uh, half of his face was falling off his face, man. Bleeding all over the place. Terrible. Uh, Nico Price versus Philip Rowe was an infuriating fight because I think this honestly has to do with, once again, how little they pay their fighters. Because Philip Rowe, in the first round, every time he hit Nico Price clean, he hurt him. He hurt him solidly. And he refused to do anything about it. The entire second round, he refused to, like, try to, like, maybe, like, throw a leg kick, to, like, hide some hand movements, throw a combo, throw, like, a hook, do anything. Like, like maybe, like, a level to any, anything. He just kept pawing at Price with the jab over and over again. And then in the second and third rounds, Price threw out his arms. Price gassed himself out, and, and Philip Rowe's defense held up. He did not get that hurt. He could have at any time shown this guy the door. He had the power to do it. I was watching it with my own two eyes. Ugh. And then in the third round, because he was so hesitant and doing nothing but just uh, jab... Uh, he got clipped and knocked down. He almost lost because he was so hesitant, which is, I think it's just, he's probably barely making enough to make the rent. Like, they're they're paying these guys like a third of what a down payment on a mortgage is. So, like, he's, if he runs in and tries to go for the finish or, like, do anything sophisticated and he gets clipped, that's where all his money's going. Ugh, so silly. So silly. This sport is so silly. I guess if you want to watch, yeah, two guys go, ah, and knock each other down it's a fight for you eric anders fought kyle dawkus uh he was kyle dawkus look just looks like somebody's little brother uh he was fighting lazy or shooting lazy the whole first round and then eventually just got clipped by anders too many times because he kept getting hit off of the takedown attempts and not taking down eric anders good for eric anders he's had a little bit of a spotty record in the ufc uh and the brothers, the brother thing is too, like, good for them to pass up. So I'm sure Kyle and Chris will all, like, have a job forever in this company. Ugh. Uh, Rome Delice versus Jack Hermanson was really, really, really fun. Uh, I thought that Roman Delice was actually going to do decent in this fight. He seemed to have a lot of Derek Brunson skills. Derek Brunson pulled out of this fight. It was originally going to be Hermanson versus Derek Brunson. Obviously, he's worse than Brunson. I think Brunson would have put Hermanson out of there on the feet. But when the fight went to the ground, uh, Delice did this crazy leg trap. Like he caught, they were scrambling and he caught, uh, he was going for a leg lock, but he held onto the leg while Hermanson was scrambling. And so he had Hermanson's leg tied up and Hermanson just didn't like, he was kind of lazy. Like he didn't notice while he was switching position and he managed to flatten him out on his stomach and he had his leg like 
tied up and pinned down. So he just started raining down punches on Hermanson's head. And it was kind of like a crucifix thing where it's like the ref was telling him to get up, but he couldn't. And like the lead say was just hitting him over and over again. And he was just kind of like rotating, like just kind of like trying to get his shoulders up the ground. He couldn't like, if he tried to use his hands, the lead say would just clobber him. So eventually the ref just had to stop the fight. It was kind of crazy. Jacker Manson got, got got outworked on the ground. Ugh, that was a fun, fun fight. You know, it was not a fun fight. Tai Tuivasa versus Sergei Pavlovich. Because Tai Tuivasa started hard sparring, like, probably, like, seven weeks after he got chinned up by Cyril Gaon. And Pavlovich just walked right through him and annihilated him in under a minute. Uh, another, another pay thing. Another pay thing. Once again, need to make your money. Need to get back in there, right? <laughs> they probably offered him a lot of money for this fight, and you can't take that. You can't like, you can't not take the UFC's offer up. <sighs> so annoying. Mateus Nicolau versus Matt Schnell. Uh, Nicolau is incredibly technical, but might have the worst finishing instinct I've ever seen in my life. Which made me really, really pleased when he when he was circling around Matt Schnell the whole fight. He actually clipped him with a hook and knocked him down and. Managed to actually fucking uh, get him out of there. I was very happy about that. Uh, RDA versus Brian Barberena. Domination. Honestly, we should have switched the main event in the co-main. It should have been RDA and Wonder Boy in like an old man skills exhibition. And Kevin Holland should have chinned up Brian Barberena. But uh, RDA just backed the guy up to the cage. Took him down and just, just dominated him on the ground over and over again. Kept threatening submissions. Kept hitting him with good ground and pound. He's old, he's technical, he's he's the man. RDA is the man. I might have to do a little uh, resume review or something like that uh, on a first special episode on him at some point in the future. Uh, yeah, took him down in the second round, uh, rolled him over like it was nothing, took his back, stood up on it for the naked rear naked choke, and then laid him out on his back flat, got under the chin and finished it. Whew, he's the fucking man. The main event, uh, sadly, Kevin Holland sold a little bit in this one. Kind of sold the fight. Uh, he was hurting Wonderboy big in the first round. He's bigger and longer than him. And Wonderboy's chin held up great. But uh, poor Kevin Holland, he broke his third force and fifth metacarpals in the first round. And for some, like, silly, you know, it seemed like they really liked each other. And that, like, I was happy. It was cute. They were on, like, uh, Kevin Holland's podcast together. I watched a little bit of that. It seemed like they really re respected each other. But Holland took uh, Wonderboy down twice and just got up. Which is, like, I'm not as mad as some people are. Some people on Twitter are so, like, what are you doing? You suck. You're the worst man. Michael Bisping was like, oh, it's not a smart strategy. All that. I, and I understand. I'm not s super mad. I'm a little disappointed because I wanted to see him shake it up in, like, the top ten. I want to see what matchups they can make in the top ten for him. But uh, I'm not too mad about it because it was a fun fight for the first two and a half rounds. Uh, and Wonderboy's chin once again it held up great. And he just started to make uh, it, he just started to make the adjustments. Uh, mixed in a bunch of kicks, mixed in body stuff, hurt Holland big to the body. They stopped the fight on the uh, on the stool in the fourth round, which good because apparently his hand his hand injury got so bad he wasn't throwing it anymore. And even Wonderboy felt a little bad because he was just teeing off on him once again. Uh, I don't want to compare him to Chase Sherman because he was in the fight for the first two and a half rounds before 
uh, Wonder Boy started hurting him big, and from there, just just kind of went downhill. But he did have like the human punching bags thing going on at the end of the fourth round. It was brutal. More more uh, coaches should be willing to step in for their fighter and throw in the towel. Oh, it makes this sport a lot less brutal. But uh, that's the whole fight card. There's nothing really else to say about that. Uh, Wonder Boy, incredible performance. Kevin Holland, uh, this company doesn't respect you. You should absolutely dip and go to the PFL. Uh, I'm going to drop once again, try to get a short, short little preview pod out for the pay-per-view. Sometime before it come, uh, sometime before the pay-per-view. Who knows when it'll come out. Uh, then I'm going to do, I think, uh, Strickland versus Cannoneer is the last show of the year. I've got a little award show coming up, a uh, year in review. And then maybe a couple of extra special projects, depending on how long UFC uh, doesn't hold events, you know, in the end of uh, January and the beginning of April. But that's me for now. See you later.